Alright. I think it's working. Not really sure if it is working or not, but looks like it is. Um, not really sure why um, one why one part of that audio level is working or not, but that's really weird, but sorry about that. But anyway, uh, welcome to the Tricky Fox Radio Morning Club for uh, November 6, 2023. Um, it's good having you with us. Now, my apologies for not doing a morning show for um, for the past several weeks. You want to know why? Well, um, I've been sick lately. Um, you see, I did tell you this. I don't know if I did say this or not, but um, I might have said this, but I was going to the um, um, haunted house over at... Um, in Salem, I believe, um, um, yeah, that the Oregon School for Deaf, I believe, on October 13th, and I did do that, but it was a long wait, I mean, it was a long and pathetic wait, I waited so long, and it was so long, to the point where I couldn't stand myself anymore, <coughs> I even extended the event on my calendar, just because of how long it was taking, we finally got in, and it's it was so scary, and we even got spooked for crying out loud, and eventually got out eventually, but yeah, it was pretty scary. <laughs> so yeah, if you're looking for a good um, event, I think it's over with now, though, sadly, but next year, um, if you're looking to plan an event for... Um, for your kids, well, maybe not your younger kids, but maybe your teenagers, um, go to the Oregon School for Deaf next year in Salem and go to the, um, uh, what was it called? Um, the, it's at the Oregon School for Deaf. It doesn't matter this, now, later this year, but next year, um, I think it was like Scare Factor or something like that. Look it up next year and see what you can find. Um, but there you go. But anyway, um, back to the real world. Let's look up a weather report right now. Um, I already got up here right now. Um, right now it is 50 degrees outside with overcast clouds. <coughs> As you can see, I'm still kind of coughing, by the way. <coughs> so I'm still kind of sick, but I'll be okay. Um, <coughs> I'll see if I can try to silence that out in the On Demand podcast. Um, Monday, it is 52 degrees. It'll be raining, by the way. Um, Tuesday will also be 52 and raining. Um, Wednesday, it'll be sunny, supposedly. Although that could take a turn to worse, so in other words, it could change, because it's Oregon. Uh, supposedly, it'll be 54. Thursday will be 48 with rain, which obviously will be the case. Friday will be rain again with 48. Saturday it will supposedly be, yep, overcast with 54. And Sunday will be very likely overcast with 52. Saturday is 54 and 52, by the way. Saturday and Sunday, respectfully. But yeah, um, 
$5.95 on Waterline. There we go. Um, we're going to read a little quickie news story. Let's just read one of the latest stories, I guess. Um, let's just read about this tiny working singer's story. Child's story. Oh, uh, yeah, it's too long. Way too long. And nor do I want to read about something long. Um, what about this podcast? Oh, yeah, we can read about this. It's just a quick one, but it's about a podcast. Behind the headlines of the Forgotten Four Project, the Beat Check Podcast. Editor Freeze Bottomley hosts Beat Check with the Oregonian, a regular podcast that takes listeners behind the headlines. The murder of George Floyd at the hands of police set off social justice protests across the nation and in Portland, too. For some members of the city's small black community, yet small but cool, Floyd's death was a reminder of Portland's painful history, by the way. In this podcast episode, um, reporter Fedor Zarkin joins editor Faris Bimley to talk about his recent four-part series, The Forgotten Four, which told of the unprecedented string of deaths of black Portlanders at the hands of police in the 1970s. The four deaths galvanized the black community in a way that had never occurred before and has repercussions yet today. While the larger community of Portlanders may have forgotten the stories of the three young men and one teenager who were shot and killed in the short span of 1974 and 75, the memories remain fresh for family members and friends. Zarin, Zarkin also talks about the reported challenges establishing trust with family members of the men who died. His approach as an explanatory one, rather than an investigative one, all the shootings were ruled justified. The reaction of police officers he was able to reach from remember the 1970s and how the ideals of the Kerner Commission Report issued in the 1970s remain relevant today. You can subscribe to Beat Check anywhere you listen to podcasts to get new episodes each week. There's a link here that um, goes to cheap... I don't know what links to, but it doesn't matter... Um, I'm not going to click on it, though. Um, and you can support local journalism by becoming a subscriber to the um, Oregon Live, otherwise known as the Oregonian. And you can also sign up to get newsletters and get latest news and top stories. Isn't that nice? But anyway, um, that is it for this segment, I believe. Well, that was weird. But, okay. Yeah, um, so there you go, um, so yeah, I don't know why the audio level on the on the right hand side is weird, I also remember that when I was playing AT40 from, um, Power 
this was kind of like the same way too actually it was like that too actually that was really weird and now it's being like that with my microphone too that's really weird hmm oh well gotta do you gotta do I guess <laughs> but anyway I'm gonna go ahead and insert a break here guys so um yeah Um, we'll start with this commercial here. That's two minutes there. That's two and a half minutes there. And I think three minutes out to do the trick. Um, yeah, three minutes. I think three minutes will work, guys. Um, I think the music will be a surprise, guys. So, um, stay tuned. Coming up will be a surprise for the music. And the next segment will be food talk, guys. So, stay tuned. More to Tricky Fox Radio Morning Club. We'll be right back right after this. Don't go away. So, there's nothing to regret. Uh-huh. That was Escapism, right? And 070 Shake. And before that was Doshi What It Is solo version. Yep. On the Tricky Fox Radio Morning Club. Now, it is time for food talk, everyone. Without doing that. That's weird. They're doing a lot of right-clicking today. That's really weird. I need to stop doing that. Alright, anyway... (laughs) Enough said, um, um, top 100 comfort food recipes, um, got turkey pot pie with biscuits, uh, let's start with that, I know I don't eat that, but I want to read it anyway for you guys that eat it. I have a collection of cookbooks and usually look up a few of the same recipes and combine the ingredients I like from each recipe so that makes it my own. (coughs) This one calls for chicken but works for either or just as well. (coughs) Sorry about my coughing. So I hope you enjoy experimenting with it as I did. It's ready in 45 minutes, guys. There's 15 ingredients. It serves five. Here is the, um... Here is the ingredients. The turkey mixture. For the turkey mixture, two cups of fresh sliced carrots. One and a half cup of chicken broth. One and a half cups of milk. One fourth cup of flour, one teaspoon of sage, which of course will cost you a lot of money, by the way, one tablespoon of margarine or one tablespoon of butter, one tablespoon of margarine or one tablespoon of butter, whichever you prefer, one and a half teaspoon, one half teaspoon of salt. Teaspoon, not tablespoon, teaspoon. Two cups of cubed cooked turkey or two cups of chicken. Make sure they're leftovers. And one nine ounce package of thawed frozen corn. 
Frozen works fine too anyway. Now for the biscuits. One cup of flour. Two tablespoons of chopped green onions. Two tablespoons of chopped green onions. One teaspoon of baking powder. One fourth teaspoon of salt. One and a half cup of milk. And one tablespoon of margarine or one tablespoon of butter that is melted. Let's move on to directions, shall we? Step one. Grease a three-quart casserole dish. Step two. In a large saucepan, combine the carrots and the broth. Bring to a boil. Reduce the heat and cover. Step three. Simmer for five minutes or until crisp and tender. Step four. Heat oven to 400 degrees Fahrenheit in a small bowl and mix one and a half cups of milk and one fourth cup of flour. Step five. Mix the milk mixture, sage, one teaspoon of margarine, at least I think it was a teaspoon, no, it was a tablespoon, but yeah. One tablespoon of margarine and one and a half teaspoon of salt into carrot mixture. Bring back to a boil, constantly stirring. Step six, boil for approximately just one minute and add the chicken and corn. Step seven, pour into a greased casserole dish. Step eight, in medium bowl, mix together the one cup of flour, onions, baking powder, and one-fourth teaspoon of salt. Step nine. Once melted, once not melted, but once mixed well, once mixed well, stir in the one-half cup of milk and one tablespoon melted or soft margarine until soft dough forms. Step 10. Drop dough by spoonful evenly onto chicken mixture. Step 11. Bake at 400 degrees Fahrenheit for, two, for 20 to 25 minutes or until top is golden brown. Step 12. Now this is just an extra step. This is mainly just a note. If not enough biscuits for your liking, you can feel free to double up on the biscuit mix. On the top turns out just as well. End of recipe, and there's no questions or replies. But, um... Someone did mention that she didn't have any sage, but she could use poultry seasoning instead. And so also sub parsley for the green onions and garlic powder, which is biscuit mixture. I didn't really think about that. That's really good. We might have time for one more recipe, but it has to be a really quick one. And even then, we only got like three minutes left.
for these, but I think these are ones we already read. Cream of garden tomato soup. Uh, we'll save that for later, guys. Um, Sorry, I can only read one recipe to you guys. Um, I don't know what's up with me. I'm just talking weird. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. Might as well, um, play it safe. Um, next segment that's coming up is TMZ Celebrity News, by the way. If you're wondering, um, so hopefully that'll turn out better. That's four minutes commercial, so we'll just work with that. I'll just let the music be a surprise, guys. I still got like a minute left before the commercial needs to start, but there you go. Uh, let me double check here. Um, one minute, one minute twenty seconds, two twenty, three twenty. Exactly. That, that break is technically three minutes and fifty seconds, but it will be fine. Um, it'll be close enough to what I need. Um, yeah, it'll be fine. Um, but anyway, you're listening to Tricky Fox Radio Morning Club. For Monday, November 6, 2023, guys. So stay tuned. Coming up is TMZ Celebrity News, guys. We'll be right back right after this. Don't go away. That was Sure Thing by Miguel. And before that was All My Life, it's been J. Cole by Lil Dirk. Now it's time for TMZ Celebrity News. Remember, if you got a tip for TMZ, email or call them at 888 888- 847-9869. But anyway, it is now time for TMZ Celebrity News. Evan Ellenson, ex-child star dad at 35. My sister's keeper, CSI exclusive. Evan Ellenson, a one-time child star who seemed to be on trajectory toward major fame, has died, TMZ has learned. The former actor, <coughs> who hasn't, uh, <coughs> excuse me, um, who hasn't been on camera for over a decade, passed away Sunday at his home in San Bernardo County, where his body was discovered in his bedroom. This, according to the coroner's office, there. The exact circumstances of his death are unclear at this point. The officials tell us that for now. 
There appears to be no foul play involved, at least. Evan's father, Michael, was able to give us a bit more detail, telling TMZ Evan, telling TMZ Evan was found at a sober living home. We're told he struggled with drugs in the past, but was doing better of late, and that his sudden passing comes as, of a, complete, as a complete shock to the family. Allenson is perhaps best remembered starring opposite Cameron Diaz, playing her teenage son in 2009's My Sister's Keeper. He was also well known for his recurring role as Kyle Harmon on CSI Miami, in which he starred for a total of 18 episodes over three years. He actually got his start in showbiz at the age of 13 with a small role in a TV movie as well as a guest appearance on General Hospital. From there, E.E. E. went on to act in shows like Tennis, That Was Then, Mad TV, Complete Savages, Bones, 24, and more than others. Ellenson also acted in a handful of films such as Walk the Talk, Letters from Tujima. I, I think that's. I don't know. Letters from Ujima, The Bondage, Confession, Rules of the Game, Time Changer, The Gristle, and more. But like we said, Ellenson appears to have stepped away from Hollywood, not having any acting credits post 2010. Still, he had left his mark on TV film. And he still died quite young. And Ellenson was only 35. Rest in peace. Simpsons. Homer stopped strangling Bart. Times have changed, my friend. Homer Simpson is stunned hang strangling his child. Bart, and it has all has to do with modern sentiments, it seems, a decision by showrunners that strongly divided fans. The pivot away from child abuse, albeit an animated form, is just now making the rounds. <clears throat> Coming to it at the third episode of season 35, titled McMansion and Wife, in which Homer Simpson meets his new neighbor, and declares that he won't be choking his cartoon son anymore. The way this becomes revealed is through a handshake, which Neighbor points out as firm, and Homer Simpson, see Marge strangling the boy paid off. He then follows up and says, Just kidding, I don't do that anymore. Times have changed. Fans took this to be a not-so-subtle hint from Disney, which owns The Simpsons' IP now, that they were retiring the long-running gag, which has been a staple joke for years. 
before this episode, the new masters of The Simpsons had all had actually already toyed with the idea of Homer evolving and refraining from strangling Bart, with season 22 featuring Homer going to therapy. <coughs> Apologies for my voice sounding weird. And learning the harm he was causing by attacking his son. However, in the season since, Homer Simpson has choked Bart on and off, and the last time he ended the show was back in 2019 2020. Now, however, it seems like the creators are acknowledging it's over for good. Of course, with Homer hanging up his strangling ways, there is some pushback with a hand folks handful of folks saying that the Simpsons has gone woke. Others, meanwhile, are still praising it. Alright, I think we have time to read one more story. Black Panther stuntman dies in a horrific Georgia car crash. Three children are also killed. A Hollywood stuntman whose film credits include Black Panther and Avengers Endgame was killed along with three of his children in the car crash in Georgia. Tarjan Ramas was driving his five kids in a pickup truck on the interstate in DeKalb County Halloween night when he turned onto an exit ramp and collided with a tractor trailer, according to WSB-TV News. The cause of the accident is under investigation now. Ramess was declared dead at the scene with two of his daughters, a 13-year-old and the daughter was just eight weeks old. His mom, Ackley, confirmed their deaths on Instagram and later revealed a second Instagram post says his 10-year-old son, who was on life support, had also passed away. Ackley wrote that Ramess's two other daughters survived but the three-year-old was hospitalized with minor injuries. Akali also honored Ramess, talking about his love for his children, martial arts, motorcycle, and especially filmmaking. In Hollywood, Ramess was known for his roles in Black Panther and Avengers Endgame, but his stunt work was also featured in Avengers Infinity War, The Suicide Squad, and Creed Free, as well as other movies. There's a scene here, or a picture here, that shows it from Infinity War. You can see him in it. Well, I mean, you can't see it, but oh well. And he also worked in the art department on The Hunger Games Catching Fire, The Walking Dead, and The Vampire Diaries. Romance was only 41. Rest in peace. Alright, I think I'm going to have to stop it here, guys. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Um, lots of deaths to talk about, guys. Um, it feels like to me that every time I talk about TMZ Celebrity News, um, every time someone dies, it's sad, but it's just how it is, guys. But hopefully the next segment will be really exciting, guys. In fact, it will be, because you guessed it, it's going to be Pokemon News. Um, 
So there you go. Um, this commercial is going to be a little bit off, so I do apologize for that. Let me stop talking. One and a half. Two. Hey, let's just do that, I guess. Anyway, you're listening to Tricky Fox Radio Morning Club. We'll be right back right after this. Don't go away. That was Bad Habit by Steve Lacey, and before that was Jung Cook and Jack Carlo 3D. A new addition to the radio station, by the way. And yes, I know we're a minute off, so I think we're going to go ahead and go off a little bit more of this segment, unfortunately. Nothing wrong with that, I guess. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about... This is Pokemon News, by the way. We're going to talk about Pokemon Go right now. Um, we'll start things off with Pokemon Go Community Day. Watch for Wooper and Pouty and Wooper during Pokemon Go's November 2023 Community Day. Stay grounded during this event with special research... Bonuses and more as you track down both Wooper and Paldean Wooper. You know that Pokemon Go's November 2023 Community Day is going to be super duper because it features double the Wooper. That's right, both Wooper, the water fish Pokemon, and Paldean Wooper, the poison fish Pokemon, will shine on this on Sunday, November 5th, 2023. That was yesterday, by the way. I did catch quite a few, by the way. I even caught a three-star shiny one, by the way, which was really nice. Um, and um, this was on Sunday, November 5th, 2023, from 2 to 5 p.m. local time. During this time, Looper and Paldean, um Looper will appear more frequently in the wild, and Lucky Trainers might even encounter a shiny one like I did. Evolve Wooper and Paladin Wooper during the event or up to five hours afterward to get a Quagsire that knows the charge to attack Aqua Tail or a Quadsire that knows the charge to attack Megahorn respectfully. Whoop it up with the following event bonuses. Two times candy for catching Pokemon. One and a half hatch distance when eggs are planted, placed in incubators during the event period. Two times chance for trainers level 31 over to receive Candy XL for catching Pokemon. Lure modules activated during the event will last for three hours. And sense, excluding the daily event and sense that is, activated during the event will last for three hours, which it did. Take a few snapshots during community day for surprise. Trades will require 50% less. Trades will require 50% less less stardust from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. on the community day, and one additional special trade can be made for a maximum of two for the day from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. on that community day. Research. Get your community day research on with Fiend Field Research Tasks and a special research story. 
complete field research tasks to earn rewards such as Stardust, Ultra Balls, encounters with Wooper or Paladin Wooper, and more. The Community Day's special research story, A Muddy Buddy, is available for US $1 or the equivalent pricing here in your local currency. Tickets are available in the in-game shop to purchase or even the gift. Now on the bonus raids. Make the most of the Community Day fun with 4-star raid battles featuring Wooper and Paldean Wooper from 5pm to 10pm. And after a successful raid battle, more Wooper and Paldean Wooper will appear around the gym that hosts the raid for 30 minutes, and these 4-star raids are not accessible via remote raid passes. They can only be accessed via raid passes and premium battle passes. Happy Community Day, trainers! But anyway, um, now, um, um, now, let's see what else we can talk about. Um, looks like there's not much. There's new stuff here, but, um, mostly about Scarlet and Violet. Um, uh, yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, oh yeah, the Indigo Disc is coming December 14, 2023, by the way. So we still got one month, by the way. One month and, um, one month and, how, how many days? We got one, two, three, four. Come on. One, two, three, four, five. Five weeks and three days. We got five weeks and three days until the Indigo Disc comes out, guys. So don't worry, we still got a month left. We still got a month and a week left before it comes out, so. Be prepared, guys. Save up your money. It's gonna last. <laughs> I still got like five minutes left, and uh, what's this? This is also for Pokemon Go. Um, oh, this was back from October. Defeating Team Go Rockets Cliff, Sierra, Arlo, and Giovanni in Pokemon Go October 2023. This is old, but it basically just talks about um, what recommend Pokemon you need. Um, basically, um, Cliff, um, Sierra, and the others are the leaders. Arlo, Giovanni. Yeah. Yeah, these are all them. So there you go. Um, but this is really old. This was back from October of. 2023, so it's pretty old. Uh, 
Well, I'm not really sure what we can talk about, guys. Um, I might just stop the segment early. Um, you all news. Oh, yeah. Pokemon Scarlet or Pokemon Violet plus DLC bundles are now available. The original expanded adventures of Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet <coughs> are now available in one stellar package. Three exciting adventures await. Bundles contain the Pokemon Scarlet or Pokemon Violet game, plus the hidden treasure of Area Zero DLC <coughs> are now available on the Nintendo eShop. The hidden treasure of Area Zero is made up of Part 1, the Teal Mask, and Part 2, the Indigo Mask. You need to download an update to play Part 2 of the Indigo Disc after it launches in winter of 2023, that is. And the special purchase bonus is, you can receive 100 Pokeballs as a special purchase bonus for the Pokemon Scarlet plus the hidden treasure of Area Zero or Pokemon Violet plus the hidden treasure of Area Zero bundle. You better put it in good use, okay? And please note, to, cl to claim these Pokeballs, you need to connect your Nintendo Switch system to the internet, and your user profile will need to be linked to a Nintendo account. It takes approximately one to one and a half hours of playtime before you can access the mystery gift feature to input the code. Alright. I think that will do it for this segment. So there you go. Um, but yeah, um, coming up in the next segment will be music news, by the way. Anyway, stay tuned. More of the Tricky Fox Radio Morning Club with music news. We'll be right back right after this. Don't go away. We'll be right back. That was Speed Drive, Charlie XCX, and Helen Bag by the car. So there you go. Um, now it is time for music news. Um, okay. Or not. Oh, there we go. Go away. Alright, um. Okay. A second Britney Spears memoir is possibly on the way. Wow, and just to think that there was already one already released. The memoir of pop Brit of pop princess Britney Spears. The woman in me has witnessed an incredible amount of success in only a short period of time. Not only did the captivating story sell 1.1 million copies in its first week on the shelves in the U.S. alone, but it has cemented its place as one of the best-selling celebrity memoirs of this day and age.
a second memoir is currently being considered by her publisher, Gallery Books of Simon Chester. <laughs> a source revealed the U.S. Weekly said, Brittany is already excited at the possibility of a second book. Ryan, this one has been so freeing for her and a great experience. She's eager to do it again. According to the source, the division of Simon and Chester is on board, and they're already invested in round two. Now, Otto Spears discussed many tough personal details in The Women in Me. She didn't touch upon her relationship with ex-husband Samus Gahari as in-depth as our topics, which is a rumored reason why it is most likely is most likely to be at the center of the second memoir. This makes perfect sense if, as it has been reported, Spears actually wrote the book prior to their heavy splits. Excuse me. Whatever a continuation of her tale is something Spears wants to go public with again or not, her true supporters are there to respect and protect her decisions whenever possible. Ain't that right? Alright, now... Go away. Watch Doja Cat react to the microphone malfunction mid-performance. That's probably a YouTube video, um, so we'll worry about that later. But, we can share about Dua Lipa, though. Go away. Dua Lipa finally shares what fans have all been waiting for. Dua Lipa has been busy traveling, attending movie premieres, and connecting with her millions of followers on social media by uploading posts sharing all the fun she has been up to lately. However, the 28-year-old pop star's fans have been eagerly anticipating news on upcoming music, though. Luckily, the wait won't be for much longer. Lipa has hinted at a soon-to-be third full-length album, which he confirmed to be available for all to enjoy sometime in 2024. Also, she recently revealed a release date for what she's for what for. Also, she recently revealed a release date for what's assumed to be the project's lead single. The track, titled Houdini, will be dropped next Thursday, November 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. The steamy cover art shows the performer licking her own reflection, hinting, uh, looks like we got an expose here, licking her own reflection. Hinting at a more sultry aesthetic for the for this album's era. On Saturday, a long snippet of Houdini was shared, um, which definitely got the internet talking. It's not showing up for some reason, but oh well, too bad. <laughs> for what can be heard, the 47-second teaser is a definite departure from her previous disco-inspired sound. Which shouldn't be a surprise at all since Lipa described her soon-to-be-heard art as leaning more towards 1970s-era psychedelia. Lipa has been releasing an abundance of sneak peeks in the past few weeks, 
including an even shorter clip of Fujini, of Fujini before the latest one. Let's hope that more surprises will be in store because Julieva's infectious bops are long overdue after all. They sure are. Alright, let's see if we can read one more. Oh yeah, Olivia Rodrigo. Olivia Rodrigo proves she's an icon in making it a Hall of Fame ceremony. Olivia Rodrigo is a music legend in the making and a recent performance that generated all sorts of buzz on social media has proved just that. <coughs> the 2023 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony was a star-studded event at the Barclays Center in New York City featuring electrifying performances and unexpected moments. One of the standout occurrences of the evening took place when Stevie Nicks of Fleetwood Mac joined inductee Cheryl Crow on stage to perform Crow's hit Strong Enough from her 1993 Grammy-winning album Tuesday Night Music Club. Stevie Nicks, the 75-year-old singer-songwriter whose career spans several decades, ex- excited her signature bohemian chick style in a flowing back black assemble while delivering a powerful performance alongside Crow, who's 61, who played the guitar. Following Strong Enough, the crowd was straight to redemption of Crow's Every Day is a Winding Road with guitarist Peter Frampton making an unexpected appearance. Later, Driver's license hitmaker Olivia Rodrigo showcased her talent by delivering an outstanding version of Crow's If It Makes You Happy, a song that won Best Female Rock Vocal Performance at the 1997 Grammy Awards. And this wasn't the first collaboration between Rodrigo and Crow as a duo performed at the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville, Tennessee, together in a surprise performance in September. And during her induction speech, Crow expressed her gratitude for the universal gift of music and paid tribute to her parents and music's role in her life. There you go, everyone. And that's music news for you guys. Um, I believe for the final segment, we're just going to do news and weather. Um, I don't think anything really would have changed, guys. Um, I'm not really sure. Uh, we'll see what happens. <coughs> we'll see if we have something to read that's longer. Maybe. Um, we'll see. Um, but it depends on what happens. Um <coughs> Sorry about my coughing, guys. It's just how I roll. I'm, I don't know if I'm still sick or whatever, but I hope not. Um, one, two, two and a half. Okay, we'll just work with that, I guess. Anyway, you're listening to Tricky Fox Radio Morning Club. We'll be right back right after this. Don't go away. 
That was Mona Lisa from Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is now available on Netflix, by the way. And before that was Paint the Town Red by Doja Cat. Now, it is time for a brief little love report. Of course, nothing's changed, but I'll give it to you anyway. For right now, it is 50 degrees with overcast clouds. Monday, later today, it'll be raining with 52 degrees, moderate rain. Tuesday, it'll be 52 with heavy intensity rain. Wow. It's going to be heavy rain on Tuesday, so you better have umbrellas ready, guys, if you're going out. Wednesday, it'll be supposedly clear sky with 54. Thursday will be 48 with moderate moderate rain on Thursday with 48. Friday it will be light rain with 48. Um, Saturday it will be overcast with 54. And Sunday it will be 52 with overcast. There you go. Now, let's go read some news, guys. Um, let's see what we got here. Um, readers respond, people need treatment, not handcuffs. This is letters to the editor, by the way. I think we should be able to read this. <coughs> Given Oregon's complex mental health crisis, the last thing someone with substance use disorder needs is to be locked in a cell especially if they have a co-occurring mental health disorder. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Oregon ranks miserably for addressing mental health. The, reason, the reasons are complex, which was written on Oregon Live back on the October 8th. Imagine any other illness <coughs> being treated by arrest, jail, and a criminal record which could be a huge barrier to finding and keeping housing employment, let alone inspiring any hope of getting well. Do we really want to return to the 50-year-old 50-year policy failure of the war on drugs? And is it fair for us to expect law enforcement to be the first responders, as they are all too, all too often? to individuals in the, in the throes of a mental health or substance use crisis. Mobile crisis response units, such as the recently expanded program in Deschutes County, are highly, un, are highly successful. Let's approach a medical, a medical crisis with compassion and help, not handcuffs. We've gone this route before. It was a massive failure. Actually, that's it. That story. That's interesting. Hmm. I was reading there, Larry the Editor. Um, multiple truths about treating substance use. Our community needs us to have a difficult conversation about substance use disorders. Acknowledging that there are multiple truths and conflicting statements made by advocates for different approaches to this problem in our society. Readers respond, forced drug treatment will fail November 1st. Truth 1, 
forcing people into treatment is not a successful strategy for helping them achieve and maintain sobriety. Alright, let's talk about another reader's response. Mass shootings by the numbers. Once again, on the nightly news, we learn of another mass shooting in America. It is called a mass casualty event, but these are people with lives and families. Main mass shooting suspect found dead, ending manhunt after 18 killed October 27th. The television keeps us informed of the number of mass shootings. How many killed, how many injured, how many minutes, and how many police. But this is gross deek. There have been at least 565 mass shootings in 2023. It is only October and that is more than the number of days so far. It is, it's been over years since 19 children and 2 adults were murdered at Rob Elementary School in Duval, Texas. Over years since 10 people were... It's, it's been over years since 19 children and 2 adults were murdered at Rob Elementary School in Duval, Texas. Over years since 10 people were shot and killed at a market in Buffalo, New York. Over years since 3 9-year-olds and 3 adults died at a school in Nashville, Tennessee their bodies mutilated by bullets. It is so common now in America that it moves off the TV news in a day or two. This is so sad. Yeah, it is. That's just the latest news. Um, um, it's only 8.46. Um, uh, I don't want to read any more depressing news. Um, how long is this on business story, I wonder? Yeah, it's going to be too long. Um, I could give a little peek. Um, uh, we can read this weather report, I guess. Even though we always were reading about the weather. But showers fall on Portland area this week with wind advisory for Monday. A wind advisory for the, from the National Weather Service will be in effect for Monday in the Portland metro area, Central Lambeth Valley, South Lambeth Valley, and Vancouver area with gusts as high as 40 to 45 miles per hour that could knock down tree limbs and might shut down the power. So if you live in any of those areas, you may lose power, guys, unfortunately, so be aware of that. That's the most notable event in terms of weather for the week starting Sunday. But it's not the only thing you want to look out for. Sunday and Monday, you might see thunderstorms too. Every day beginning Sunday is expected to be wet though, with temperatures in the 50s for Saturday. And this story was written by Beth Salvic. You can email her at bslovic at argonian.com. You could also call her at 503. 503- 221-8551 if you want to send her a tip. And don't forget, our the Oregon Live needs their support. You can come as subscribers today at OregonLive.com slash subscribe. But I think I am going to go ahead and stop here for the morning show, guys. Um, so there you go. Um, 
But that is it for the um, Tricky Fox Radio Morning Club for Monday, November 6th, 2023. <coughs> it's been good having you with us. Um, let me go ahead and cue in one more commercial break to finish it off. Um, it's just going to be a three-minute break, by the way, if you're wondering. Um, if I can figure out how to do this... Um, Uh, maybe we'll do three and a half then. Yeah, okay. Guess we'll work with that. Alright, and I think I do know what I want to play. Um, um, yeah, I'll put in while I'll play. Actually, yeah, I'm going to play um, Rima and Selena Gomez Calm Down and one other. Probably um Doja Cat, um Vegas, um, um actually um let me play Chris uh Billy Ellis Foles I made for and um Freeman Selena Gomez calm down. How about that? That'll work. But then again that is pretty short, so there you go. Um but we'll deal with it anyway. Um Anyway, thanks for listening to Tricky Fox Radio Morning Club. I'll be back tomorrow, possibly. Thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye.